We thank you for your faithfulness, for your goodness. We thank you for meeting us here, just being with us here. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We love you how you love us. We love you today, Jesus. We love you with all our heart, mind, and soul and strength. Father, Lord, as we just dive into your word, as we feast on you, open the eyes of our heart that we would see you, that you would shift our perspectives. Father, Lord, you would take the scales off our eyes and allow us to see as you see with no blind spots. Yes, fill us full with your goodness, which is your glory. We just want to drink of you continuously. Father, we love you and we just adore you. Let your spirit just breathe on these scriptures. Let them come to life. Let them dance in our hearts and our minds. Let it be healing. The Bible says the word is healing to our bones. It's life. Let the life in these scriptures give our physical body, our spiritual, our our mental, our soul, life. Healing, wholeness, oneness. Let the word become flesh in us. (laughs) Yeah. Let your word, Jesus, you are the word, become more alive in us. That we would be transformed, transfigured into you. Hmm. Thank you for healing hearts right now. Thank you for healing bodies right now. Lord, we just say yes, the wind of your spirit moving uh, confusion right now. Clarity, 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 clarity. Because he's not the author of confusion, but he's the author and finisher of our faith. And let your faith Take us to faith. Let your faith bring those things that we want to see to life as we believe, as we partner with you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. Oh, man. Thank you, Lord. Ah, So intimate. So intimate. That's what it felt like earlier. Oops, sorry about that. That's what it felt like earlier. Uh, I was telling the guys earlier, as I was just sharing, as the Lord was just so good. You know, um, I wanted to, I wanted something. Well, I feel like he's been highlighting my birthday as like something, uh, 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 moving out of transition into something and, and just feeling like that's a day that he has picked, you know, to come to do something and, he did something earlier today and just, you know, just wrecked my whole life. <laughs> just wrecked my whole life, shook me all up and had me crying and and, and on the floor, you know, I, I became part of the carpet community. <laughs> oh, man, it was just so good. And then, I, yeah, I got prayed. I got prayed for three times, you know, just, yeah, you know, just. 
just him just and 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 that message of yes you are this is something pivotal right now that's happening for you and I just like and I just tell you that we are in the midst of something brand new and so you want to shed the old you want to get rid of the old you don't you don't you don't want to carry nothing old with you you want to let that stuff go the Bible says behold I'm doing a new thing behold and that word behold means to pay attention play close attention why that means it says that what's in front of you is more important than what was behind you and if you pay attention to that which is behind you, you'll miss what God has in front of you. Sometimes people believe their best life is in back of them. And that's not true. You know, uh-uh, your best life is in front of you. Always in front of you, never behind you. You may have had some good moments, but those moments are had no comparisons to what God has in store. And I love the scripture in Romans. Romans, Romans chapter eight is one, of, is one of my favorite, 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 favorite uh, passages in the scriptures that just talk about just how we have been just saved from hell through the life of Jesus Christ, how the sin and, and death was condemned in his flesh and that we are just sons and daughters. We're joint heirs with him. And even talks about even just helping us to understand that even our the flesh nature and the spirit, you know, while you while you're walking as a believer may fight with each other because the flesh doesn't want to mind the things of the spirit and the spirit wants to adhere to the things of God. And so as we walk this walk, we're going to have that balance. But if we give in and we yield to the spirit of God, the Lord will give us the grace to stand and be firm and that flesh will die. That flesh will die in Jesus name because the Bible says that what we are new creatures, new creatures, new creatures. Old things pass away. Behold, all things are new. And that process is happening over and over and over and over again. And so, yes, we we just want to do that. And even just in the sense of just I felt like I was refilled with new wine. Ah, it was it was it was. Yeah. Just with new wine, it was so good. I just want to go back. And I want to take you guys with me so you guys can, you know, because I'm not selfish. You know, I'm greedy, but I'm not selfish, you know. You know, I, I just want a lot, and I'll just share with you guys. Come on in and get some, because there's so much of God that the greediest person can't exhaust God. There's still plenty for others to get. And so it's just that new wine. And so if you want new wine, you can't have old wineskins. And what we're finding and we're seeing is that people are operating with old wineskins. They have come out of this pause trying to operate and move the same way. And no, that pause was where you got your new wineskin. <laughs> that was where you got your new, your new instructions, your, uh, all the things that you were supposed to do. So when you came out, you came out running. And so this is not my message tonight, but I'm just, that's just something to share that when we are pressing in, God is pouring out new wine today. He's pouring it out. And it's not just that place. I heard, I know of another place that they're experiencing just the, the presence, the glory of the Lord exponentially. So what does that tell me? That tells me, and it isn't big places. It's small little places that, that have turned their hearts towards the Lord that want Jesus and nothing else. And he's answering that. He's pouring it out to them that are ready them that want it, them that have the proper skins to what? House this new wine so that it doesn't get spoiled because if old new wine goes into old bot, old bot skins, guess what happens? 
the, the skin itself will burst and the wine will be spilt. So you need new skin so it can expand and grow. And I believe in that expansion, as we get new wine, I believe our capacity to hold the things of God expands. It's not your physical being, but it's your spiritual being in the spirit realm that has the capacity to hold the things that God has given you. See, I believe that we, we have to understand that we're multidimensional beings. Even though we are here on earth moving and breathing, we are seated in heavenly places. We are in that realm. This realm of the spirit is more real than the realm of this world. And we, Jesus, gave us access into that realm. He gave us the keys to go into that realm. That's the real realm that we need to do business in. So your capacity to contain any and everything that God has is in the spirit. If your spirit man is not strong, you will, your capacity won't be able to hold anything. It'll hold a little. We think it's the physical. It really isn't. It's your spirit man. Some people said they've seen themselves and they said, man, I was like 15 feet tall, you know, in the spirit. Yeah. And you're like, what? Yes. Your spirit man is a whole lot bigger than you physically. You got to let the Lord, you got to ask the Lord, let me see myself in the spirit. Let me see me in the spirit. And you'll find that you're not just here on earth, but you're in heavenly places. And we're going to get into that tonight. We're going to talk about that tonight as we get into that. And so I just want to talk the thought tonight. I, I, I was sitting there thinking, and I was just thinking, I was just thinking, I was thinking, and I just felt this jump in my heart. And so I'm going to have you guys help me like I did last week. So if you have your Bibles, if you have your phones, because most people have their phones or their Bibles, uh, I'm going to have you guys read. Um, read, uh, get Ephesians chapter one, uh, beginning at verse 20. Ephesians chapter one, beginning at verse 20. And you know what? I'll take that one and you guys can get the next one or unless somebody has it. Well, I guess I'll take it. All right. <laughs> no takers. Everybody got quiet when I said I would do it. <laughs> it said, which he produced in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him in his own right hand in heavenly places, far above rule, rulers, authorities, powers, dominions, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but the world also to come. He put all things subject under Christ's feet, appointing him as the head over all things in the church. Who is the church? You, you guys talk to me. Who's the church? You? Yeah. Yes, us. You like us. You guys must not be convinced. You must be one of those people that believe that when they shut down churches, the church is shut down. And I'm like, dude, they show, they close buildings. <laughs> The church is the people. They never shut the church down. Yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> oh, man. So, and it says, which, he, which is his body. So the church is his body. So if he's the head, we're the body. And it says here, and he completes all things in believers. He completes everything in us. So when we receive him, his, one of his jobs is to come in and perfect us to complete us. Hmm. So that kick that kicks all out the 
uh, the what the Hollywood version when they say he completes me, she completes me. No, she doesn't. It says here that he completes all things in all believers. So if you are a believer, Jesus comes to complete all things in you so that when you meet that significant other, you are already whole. You are already complete. And if they done their work, they should have done the same thing if God has sent them. Does that make sense? So you're not waiting to be complete. He completes me. No, he does not. That's a lie. We just read in scripture. So if you're listening to those, uh, what is it? Those um, nice romantic comedies and they're nice, but they got to be careful because they're indoctrinating you. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Exactly. They are indoctrinating you. They're giving you their spin. They're giving you their narrative. And if you're not careful, you'll follow, you'll dance to their beat instead of the beat of the kingdom. And then you'll wonder why it's not working. You're trying to use their, their, their beat in the kingdom. And God's like, that's not working. And then you find out he isn't completing you because he, because who, because here's the funny thing is we draw what we are. So you wonder why you can't get rid of that certain things. Maybe you need some healing. You need to get rid of those familiars so you don't draw that. Because if you're drawing incomplete people, mm -mm, that's not supposed to be. You complete me, girl. No, no, no. I don't complete you. Jesus do. As a matter of fact, just as you said that, you need to go find him. <laughs> and leave me alone. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't complete you. No. No, 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 no. We come together as brothers and sisters, and we are able to do something special. But it is Jesus that completes us. Does that make sense? Yeah. Not another human being. That's too much for another human being to, to bear. That's a burden that another human being cannot bear. And that's why a lot of times the marriages fail, because uh, things that are for God to do, we've assigned those things to a spouse. We've assigned these things to another human being to fulfill. You know, sometimes that, like, for example, you can be like, hold me. And he's holding you. And he's holding you as tight as he can. If he squeezes you any tighter, you can't breathe. But you still feel like you're not what? Being held. There's something wrong. You know what that is? They're saying, you, what the cry is, is that I want to be loved so much so that I feel it deep down in the depths of my soul. Well, the only person that can do that is Jesus. Because what it says is that there's a, there's a void there that he needs to fill. And you're asking this individual to do this. And this individual may be in all he or his or hers ability trying to do that. And they won't. And, and you'll get mad with them and say, don't you love me? What's wrong with you? And you're like, yeah, girl, I just, I squeezed you until you couldn't bleed. You were blue in the face. <laughs> if I didn't stop, you'd have fell out. But again, it says that there's something deeper. Yeah. So there is a space only God can fill. Yeah. And then that man, he or she, whoever they are, will come along and what? They will, they will do the things that God did. They will affirm, they will confirm those things that God has already done in you. And you'll be like, yes, I know you're a God sent because you're doing the very thing. You love me just the way God does. That's why it's good to let the Lord love you first. Because what he'll do is he'll break your box. He'll break what you think. He'll shatter what you think love is. Because again, why? We've been indoctrinated by what? By what our family have told us, what we've seen on TV, what we even think our own selves. We got our own 
ideology. We got our own perspective. We've developed core values about what we think love is. And God's got to come in and rip all that stuff out. Break your box, tear it all up. Why? Because none of that is founded on godly wisdom. It is founded on what? Worldly wisdom. And worldly wisdom is demonic. It's sensual. It's, it's, it's earthbound. Has no ability to transform, change, or do anything. If you look at uh, worldly wisdom in its grassroots, it is self-serving. It's what it is. It's about me. It's very narcissistic. So sad to say, I'm sorry to tell you that. So, but I am sorry to tell you that because I want to tell you that because I want you to be informed. I want you to know that you need God to take you on a journey and show you what love is. That's why a male or a female that are seeking to be with somebody, you should look for the Lord to love you. Lord, teach me what that is. I'm going to allow you to love me. I'm going to yield and allow you to love me so I can identify what love is better yet. So I know what the counterfeit is because right. a lot of times we don't know what counterfeit is because counterfeit will come and mask itself as what the real thing. It's the same thing the devil does. The Bible says he comes as what? As an angel of light. And if he comes as an angel of light, then what? He's coming to deceive. That's how he deceives people. He doesn't come with all his cards showing because if he did, you wouldn't be deceived. That's not deception. <laughs> That's just stupidity. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm showing you I'm going to get you and you still fall for it. Although there's some people that do that. There's some people, yes. There's some people that, that are told... This is the type of person I am. This is what I'm about. And this is what it is. And you take it or leave it and they take it. And you're like, what? Are you, are you brain dead? What's going on? How can you be dumb and still breathe? What, what's going on here? No, and it, what it is, and it's not to put them down, but it's really, really is they're broken. Yeah. How can you expect somebody who is broken to understand what real love is? To even understand what the counterfeit is? They don't know. They, all the point of reference they have is their own point of reference. And a lot of times their point of reference is really not that good. You got some cases where you've seen some good things and, and, and God sees those things and you got some good things. A lot of times our love needs to go through because when you find out the type, the way God loves you, it blows your mind because you say, man, this is crazy. You should not love me like this. I don't deserve to be loved like this. And yet you do. I just did something wrong and you do something nice. What sense is how that don't make and then it breaks you down because you get all I don't understand. I'm not worthy. And God says, yes, you are. That's why I did it. That's why I do what I do, because you are worthy. I need to show you that you are worthy. I need to show you that you are worth it, because a lot of times it, people, a lot of us struggle with not feeling like we're not worth it. We struggle with not being good enough. We struggle with with um, with being told that you don't measure up. And so we grow up as adults thinking that I'm not good enough. I don't measure enough. I can't do enough. All these lies that are not true, but they become what? Core values. And so somebody comes along and says, sweetheart, you are good enough. Man, you are the best. And you hear it, but it's not settling. Why? Because there's something there already in its space that needs to be pulled out so that that can be inserted. And that's what the word is. The word comes in. It comes in like fire to burn any lie that is in you. It comes in to smash even the areas that the lies have hardened in your heart. It comes to smash that. Why? Because he promised to give you a heart of flesh. Yeah. 
So he breaks your box. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he busts the windows out your car. <laughs> it made me think of that song. This song, I this guy a few years ago, maybe like maybe ten years ago, he wrote a song about chicken. Oh, it was hilarious. Chicken? Yeah, about chicken. chicken. It's this, this guy. It's funny. It's on YouTube, okay. and he was talking about. He said, "I'll bust the windows out your car." <laughs> this is a crazy, you know, just you know, for some chicken. That's how much he wanted chicken. And I just thought about that. It's just, it's funny. But that's what he breaks all those things that are false in your life so that what now that you can get truth so that you can be surrounded by truth so that you can be you can be strengthened by truth you can't retrofit something uh in a very in um uh what is it uh what is the word i'm looking for if you're trying to retrofit something to build it so it can stand the test of time you can't cut corners you can't do you can't you can't look at the blueprint and go cheap i'm gonna go get this i'm the 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 schematics say you need steel and you say well i'm gonna cut corners and use aluminum you cannot do that because when that needs to hold up against any type of stress or pressure that nature happens the earth gives it if that bridge column is not uh, reinforced properly the way it's supposed to be then what it will fail 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 yes and god that's what the word of god does word of god comes in and he strengthens you so that you will stand the test of time, so that you will be able to stand up against anything, not in your own strength, but in his ability. It is his ability, and that's what grace is. Grace is two things, so grace is many things, but two main things is, is that it is the ability of God, and it is also favor. That's why the Bible says that, you know, where sin abound, grace do much more abound. But what does that mean? That where sin abound or circumstances abound, the grace of God will give you the ability to overcome because you are an overcomer because you believe in Jesus is what the Bible says, right? It also gives you the favor to get that yes where you've gotten to know. That's what favor is. Favor is the grace of God. It is that grace. And so you want grace of God. You want the grace. You want the grace. And so we read that here that Jesus is seated in heavenly places and he is seated as the head over the church, which is his body, which is you and I. So here's the interesting thing. So if he's seated in heavenly places and he says far above all principalities, powers, dominions, rulers of this world, every name that can be named. If he is seated over that, then that means that we are what? Seated over that as well. Because why? You're his body. When it talked about his head and his body, he was describing him sitting here, but us sitting with him. So his seating and where he said it, if you can picture it, is like a delegation of seats. It's like a delegation of priest and high priest. And we're seated with him in heavenly places. I remember I was reading the scripture in Ephesians that talked about how we were yet in sin and while we were yet in sin, he did what he did and it pulled us. And I got this quick vision of creation being pulled out of the mud and mud represented sin being pulled out, being lifted up out of that space so that what we can receive Jesus so that we can come into what the finished work of the cross so that we can accept. Cause if you notice people that are in the midst of sin, they can't, they see nothing but what they're doing and they think what they're doing is right. So when Jesus lifted us up out, we have the opportunity. And again, no man can come to God except what? He's drawing him. 
So God has to be drawing that individual. That means that fruit has to be ready off the tree to come. So you can go in and try to plant seeds and do all that stuff, and they may not respond. Don't be offended. No man can come to Jesus except God has drawn him. So if you are coming or you're desiring to come, you're desiring to come because God is drawing you in because he loves you. He's drawing you in because he wants to show you a better way. I told that young man over in, over in Hawaii, uh, his name is Dylan. When I met him, I said, I said, you know what, friend? I said, what I would do, I said, a religious person would tell you you're going to burn in hell if you don't accept Jesus. What I would tell you is that my God is relational and that I've done what you did. And if you come my way, I guarantee you it'll be okay. You, you'll have better luck. You'll have better. You'll have a better life doing it this way. You don't need to present it in such a way where it makes you seem like they want, you want them to go to hell. I think that's what it is. I think people, religious people present uh, the things of God in, in terms of wanting people to go to hell. I was like, man, it seemed like you want me to go to hell as a terms of me wanting to be safe from hell. And when a person has a relationship, they have a better way. You got to be skillful when you're trying to win them. You got to talk to them, not at them. When you're talking at a person, you will not get the best of them. I guarantee you. But when you're talking to them in a relational way, I told him, I said, you know what? I'm going to tell you, you know what Jesus would be doing? I said, religious people have been surrounding your life and they have pushed you away. I said, let me tell you the Jesus that they're talking about would do. You know what he would do? And he looked at me, he says, what? He would be doing what I do to you. Standing right here in a clothing store, talking to you in a relational way, not judging you for what you just did last night or the night before or the night before, not even judging how you feel in this moment. You might not even like what I'm telling you, but because I'm talking to you in a very nice way, in a relational way, you're hearing what I have to say. You feel important. You feel like you're a part of this. And, and it, it's a beautiful way. It's a different way to approach people. We got to. I don't know why I'm on that wavelength. I went in that. But yeah, we do. We need to be better at that. Yeah. So anyway, so we go over to chapter two and it says this in chapter two, chapter two, verse six. And it says this about us. He has raised us up together with him. So if you didn't think that you're seated in heavenly places, I'm going to tell you Ephesians chapter two, verse six says he has raised us up together with him. Who is him? Who is him? Jesus. Thank you. He is Jesus. When we believe. So when you believe you receive salvation automatically, you're you are no longer here on earth, but you are seated in heavenly places. You say, how does that work, Marvin? You physically on your physical body is a vehicle for the spirit, for the real you in you to be you to do the things down here. But you are in heavenly places Well, you say, how can that be? Well, heaven is not far away. It's right here with us. So you, you're not you're not far away. And so if you actually could see in the spirit, you would see you and you would see you a lot bigger than your physical self. But you would see yourself sitting with Jesus. And that was what I was finishing was that when I saw all of creation being lifted out, I was in heaven and I saw the seats and each seat had names. And I was like, oh, man, look at all these names of people that he knew that he knew were going to be saved. And I said, Lord, I said, but what if they what if they don't ever take their seat? And he says, then they'll never know what it is to live triumphant. Oh, man, I just shook my head. I said, wow. They will never know what it is to live triumphantly, victoriously. They'll never know what it is to live to be an overcomer. 
We know what it is to be an overcomer, what it is to be victorious, what it is to live triumphantly. Why? Because we are in Christ Jesus. We have accepted him and we're seated in that place. But I think tonight I'm going to tap in just a little bit, just a little bit, teaching us we need to learn how to operate from our seated place in heaven. Because I think a lot of believers today are still earthbound. We're still operating from the ground up. And I'll tell you in scripture, we were meant to ascend. We were meant. The Bible talks about us ascending to the hill of the mountain of God, the hill of God. Why are we always ascending? Because it's, it was meant for us to go up into the high places. Why? For the purpose to get something, fellowship with God and bring it down here on earth. That's why Jesus gave him that prayer. Let your will be done here on earth. What? As it is in heaven. It cannot happen if no one's ascending into those places to go get it. Amen. Yeah. So we, we got to ascend. We got to ascend. So, yeah. So we, the Bible here it says here in uh, uh, verse six in chapter two, it says, and he raised us up together. That's you and I. And we and seated us with him, Jesus, in heavenly place in Christ Jesus. So Christ Jesus, everything is in Christ. We are in Christ. We're not outside of Christ. We're in him. And if we're in him, that means Jesus must be really, really huge for all of creation to be in him. But that's beautiful because in the end, if the enemy, if you believe this and notice to be true, when the enemy or anybody who is demonically possessed, when you truly understand that you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, then you know that in your knowing that they don't see you. They see Jesus because the Bible says we are hidden in him, all that we are hidden in him. And if that be true, then I'm not seeing Eileen. I'm seeing Jesus. So that demon is afraid, not afraid of her. He's afraid of who, who he sees. He doesn't see her. He sees Jesus. And it's not to say that when you say, well, well, that, well then that means she doesn't matter. She doesn't count. You know, she's not, no, she does. Because when, when people say, Lord, just sin. I just want to see you. Lord, I just want to see you. Now, Jesus could pop up and show up and show himself. He can. There's nowhere in scripture that says he cannot. There are people saying that, you know, we are in a time of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we are. We are in the time of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is moving and Jesus is seated on the right hand. But it never said in scripture that he can. He, he's stuck there. Our God has no restriction whatsoever. If Jesus wants to show up in the room, he can't. And anybody that's saying anything different, you need to go back and reevaluate your, your, what, what you're, you're getting because um, the Bible says clearly, God, it doesn't say nowhere that God is restricted. Yeah. Nowhere. So Jesus can. Jesus can come and pop up. But I tell you who Jesus will send, he will send you. So Eileen will be the person that God sends to that person. And then they'll and Eileen will say the very things led by the spirit to that person. And they'll say, oh, my God, that's what I was telling Jesus. And, and Eileen will say, I know, because Jesus wanted you to know he hurt you. The fact that he told me he wants to know that you were seen and you were heard and he's going to do something about it. And then that person goes when they get in a bad spot and they say, well, well, Jesus, when did you come to me? He says, you remember Eileen? Yeah, that was me. She's made in my image. She's made in my likeness. 
She's in me. She's the light of the world. She's the salt of the earth. Everything that he is, we are. And if that be true, then Jesus will send us. And we will carry the word of the Lord. Why? Because we are full of his spirit. That's why it's so important for us to fully understand who we are in, to move and breathe in him. And in him are many things to explore. There are many things to uh, to uh, engage in. It's not just being seated. It's not just being seated. Oh, yeah, I'm seated in Christ Jesus. No, no, no. It's a whole lot more than being seated in Christ Jesus. You get to ascend. You, you get to your ambidextrous or duplicity, or I like to say. Your ambidextrous is a good word, too. You're able to use both hands. In other words, an ambidextrous person is strong in the right hand and strong in the left hand. They, they are equally balanced in power in both hands. When we come to Jesus, that's what we happens to us. We become not only we not only are we multiplying, but we carry this duplicity. We're able to what access heaven so we can pull it down here on earth. So we got a hand in heaven and we got a hand here on earth. It's a picture of us being in heavenly places, but yet using this physical body as a vehicle to do what needs to be done down here. It's the same thing in the spirit. We need faith as a vehicle to move in, to, to move and breathe where? In the spirit. We need our physical bodies to do the same thing. Does that make sense? If that does, say fire. fire. Yes. There you go. Talk to me, guys. You guys are so, you guys are just quiet. I tell you, you get to, you get to worship in the Lord and, and, and praying, and all of a sudden you just be like, nah, I just want to lay down and, and rest. <laughs> I just want to sleep. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> it, it's got to be some weighty, weighty presence that just keep me plastered on the floor. Yeah, if it's good and nice and hot, I'm ready to go. I'm ready. To, let's go on to the next thing. What, what you got next for me, Jesus? He's like, mm-hmm, that's why I got to slow you down. Yeah, so we're seated in heavenly places. How are we seated in heavenly places? Turn with me to Matthew 18.30. 18.3. Matthew 18.3. And somebody that gets that, you can read it. Yes. Matthew chapter 18, verse 3. You have it? Go ahead. And said, Assuredly, I say to you, mm-hmm. unless you are converted and become as little children, mm-hmm. you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay. It says, then I start again. It says, Surely says, unless you be converted and turn into little children, right? Or, mm-hmm. okay, to be converted. Well, when are you a little child again? Do you know in, in John chapter 3, when Jesus told him, um, he said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus struggled with this. He was like, uh, uh, wait, so you mean to tell me I get to go back? I got to go back into my mom and be born again? You know, she's not even alive anymore. And he was like, no, he said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not what I say unto thee, you must be born again. He was telling him a secret. He was telling him a mystery of the kingdom. But he was sharing with him that when you get born in the kingdom, you become a kid again. You become a kid again. It was so simple. The Bible says the gospel is so simple. A fool could understand it. And it, it, God, he said, he also said, and Paul said this in Corinthians, he said, I'll take the foolish things of this world to what? To confound the wise. <laughs> so I'll take the very simple, simple things and the wise will stumble over it. You know, they can't get it. It's almost like, uh, for example, Einstein. They said Einstein was so smart. And he used, uh, uh, they say he used more of his brain capacity than the average man. But do you know he couldn't tie his shoe? (laughs) 
He couldn't tie his shoe. And I ain't talking about as a kid. We're talking about as a grown man. He could not tie his shoe. Something so simple. Something we've learned at a very early age to tie our shoes. He couldn't do that. Isn't that something? So when you think about that, you know, it's like that's what, that's what Jesus, that's what he did with him. He couldn't, he was like, what? Being born again, I don't understand. So the scripture says to be, convert, can be converted. Can that, word, that, that word converted in another translation says to repent or to become out of sin. Because how can I be a child again except that I would be born again? So what Matthew 18, 3 is saying is that except you, this is Jesus was telling them before he had died on the cross and there was the salvation for them. He was telling them, except you change your ways and, 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 and give up what you think you know and be born again, be a child again. You cannot enter the kingdom because why? Ed, 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 there's a there's a such thing as in the old, in, uh, in real life. They call it an educated fool. Meaning you're so knowledgeable that you don't know anything. It's so simple, you know, an educated person. He says, in other words, what he's saying is that if you're not willing to abandon what you think you know, then you can never learn what you need to know. If you won't be a child, how can I teach you the kingdom? Nicodemus, you want me to tell you spiritual things and you are struggling with the earthly things that I'm telling you with. I can't tell you these things. I want to tell you these earthly things. I want to tell you things that will help you understand heaven, but I'm telling you something natural and you are not grasping it. And that was because he was trying to grasp it from his wisdom, from the wisdom and understanding that he has understood the scriptures to be. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you are understanding scripture, not based on what the Holy Spirit is saying, but you're understanding based on what you logically has deduced from the scriptures, then what? You will miss God because why? Rule number one. Say what rule number one? Rule number one. His ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. That's just what it is. Is it supposed to stay that way? No. Holy Spirit is there to reveal you and bring you up to where? His level, his speed. He, he's there to what? To lead you and guide you in all truth and show you things to come. He is there to, to convey, to, to share what's on what? The Father's heart. That's what he's there for. He's there to do that. So the Holy Spirit that lives in you is there to share with you the scripture. So when you ask Holy Spirit and you sit down and you read, Holy Spirit, show me what you're saying. Reveal to me the scriptures. Breathe on these things and make it known to me. Open the eyes of my heart that I could see your scriptures the way you intended so I don't misunderstand you. So that in my arrogance, I don't think that I can understand you, God. I can put you in a box. Oh, I understand. No, you don't. It'd be better for you to be a child and say, you know what, Lord, teach me. Show me. I want to know what you know. A child, you know, no, we got children that are act like they grown and want to be big and, and they're acting like they're grown, but they're not grown. Yeah, they're not grown at all. They need to be taught. But a child naturally loves to be taught. They, they believe they believe that your childlike faith is something beautiful. God sees childlike faith beautiful because when you tell a child, you know what, you can fly. You know, if you run off that thing and fly and that kid will be like, really, I can fly. Uh -huh, you can fly. And if you don't tell him, that kid will run off that thing and think he can fly. And he'll find out the hard way he can't fly. <laughs> and he'll be crying. Why did you tell me I can't fly? Maybe I don't have my wings. 
you know, whatever, you know, parents, you know, they tell them little funny things. No, you tell that cow the truth. You are a human being. You can fly, but you can't fly that way. You can fly in your academics. You can fly and soar in other things, but in the spirit, but not like a bird <laughs> unless you're in a plane. Or unless you are you or you got a hang glider or something, but you cannot jump off a thing and think you can fly. But a child will believe that way. So when God tells us, why don't we believe? Some people do. I, I know I met a friend one time. She said, I just believe what God tells me. God tell me I can do this. I just go and do it. And I'm like, dang, I need that type of I be wrestling with stuff. I'm like, I'm like, oh man, well, Jesus, well, you know, well, you know, Lord, I'm and the first thing we try to do, we try to we try to reason with God about something he said. Like as as though we can talk him out of it, or that we're smarter than him. Or maybe he didn't think about this. Trust me, he thought about everything. And he will let you do it. He oh, he trusts me. He's let me do it. Uh-huh. He'll listen to me, he'll listen to me. And after I'm done and I done presented my case to him, and I'm thinking I can convince God uh, of changing his mind, then the Lord will say, oh, yes, I still want you to go do that. Oh, so that didn't work? No. Trust me, son. <laughs> you, you'll thank me for it. You'll thank me for it afterwards. And then in the long run, you do. You thank him because you realize he was right. You know, he realized he's all knowing. He knows everything. The ins and outs of everything. You cannot. And I'm going to tell you, you cannot talk God out of it. People stop that. You know? Don't try to talk. You, you, oh, God, can you? okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Good luck with that. That won't work. So when he says there, and uh, so what does the rest of the scripture says, uh, Josh? It says uh, to, be, uh, to be converted. And become as little children. As little children, uh-huh. You will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So you can't enter. And we are supposed to enter. The Bible talks about the kingdom of God being like, being like a, a person coming through the door and then out to green pastures. You will not be able to see the vastness of the kingdom, the richness of the kingdom, the goodness of the kingdom if you don't become a child. And the way you become a child is to be born again. That's what Jesus was talking about. That's what he was trying to tell Nicodemus. You must be born again. You must be converted. You must be changed. You must be willing to abandon your thinking and choose my thinking. That's what it is to repent. To repent is to say no longer my way, that seemeth right, but the end thereof is destruction. But it is Yahweh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For you are the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. And your way is right. <laughs> you can't be wrong. Amen? Let's keep going. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So in order for us to see, we're seated in heavenly place. So you understand as your identity, as a son and a daughter, you are seated in heavenly places, even though you walk here on earth. So you have this duality. You're, you're multidimensional. You're in two places at one time. Yeah. You, you get that. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. You're in two places at one time. You're here on earth, but you're also seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. That is key. You're not just seated in heavenly places, but you're in Christ Jesus. That needs to be, you need to always remind it of yourself of that. Why get that in your spirit? Begin to believe it. Because why I'm telling you, when, when you run across somebody or the devil, they know them that know who they are. That's part of your identity. You are a son. The Bible says the reason why we can be seated with him because we were redeemed by him. And, and the father so gracefully called us joint heirs with him. You're not just a son or a daughter. You are joint heirs with Christ. You are joint heirs with him. So you got the same inheritance and, and, and you are a new breed of believer. 
because you were born again. So you are a different species than Adam. Yeah. Ah. All right. How you guys doing? You guys okay? Yeah. All right. Make sure you guys ain't falling asleep on me. Because <laughs> I see some of y'all, y'all, y'all got position. You look comfortable. You know, there's some water back there. Splash some water on your face. I got like 10 more things to talk. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm teasing. No, 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 no. So now, so now that we understand that we are that, that we are sons and daughters, we are joint heirs with Christ, that we must come as children. And here's the thing. It's not just being, I want you to understand this, not just being born to become a child. You must stay a child. You never lose that. Don't ever lose that. The the people, and here's the beauty, and the reason why you don't ever lose it, because what you don't want to lose that's a childlike is not only the way they believe, but their innocence, their purity. That's the key. That which feeds into my next scripture, Matthew 5 and 8. Somebody get that? Matthew 5 and 8. Matthew 5 and 8. That feeds right into the next aspect of a child. Not only are they, they teachable, they, they have this beautiful childlike faith, but they are innocent. They are pure. And it's and something that um, Jesus spoke about on the Mount, on, a, on the Sermon on the Mount. He was giving them the Beatitudes. And Matthew 5 8 says this. If you have it, you can read it. Blessed are Ah, so blessed are the pure in heart. Now, some people believe, okay, I need to be pure in heart. I need to be constantly repent. Yeah, you need to repent. You should repent. But you can't be pure in your own strength. The purity that he's talking about in that scripture, blessed are the pure in heart. You must be like a child. That means you must, a child has no ill in their heart towards anybody. They're very innocent. Let me tell you, and I'll take it even a step further, not just not having ill against their, uh, their fellow man or God. Purity is, 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 is being like, be, not, being ex- not allowing yourself to be exposed to things. When you have a child and you want them to grow up in a certain type of way, you do not expose them to things. Why? Because uh, bad communication, what? corrupts good manners. So the Bible says, right? So if that be true, hanging around people that cuss all the time in front of your innocent child, what's going to happen? That bad communication is going to what? Corrupt good manners. That child will begin to what? Say things that they shouldn't say. Same thing if you watch movies that are cussing in front of your innocent child, you're not protecting that child. You're exposing that child to something they should not be exposed to. Yet some people say, well, they're going to hear it anyway when they get older. Well, that's different when they get older, but it won't be in them. Do you, is that clear? Does that make sense? And if it makes sense, say fire. Yes. Yes. Amen. There you go. Yes. Because we, we say, well, it's, it's, they're going to see it anyway. Yeah, they're going to see it, but it won't be in them. If I have them around somebody I'm allowing them to plant that in them. And then what it, what goes in them is what's coming out of them because it comes from where the heart. So I've allowed somebody to, because I've exposed my kid to some bad movies. I shouldn't be watching myself or somebody who doesn't have respect or moral, a moral code. 
saying things in front of my child, mm -hmm. those are planting in the seed of your heart. The Bible says, guard your heart for out of it are what? The issues of life. That's your garden. Mm -hmm. And you're allowing this innocent one who should be pure is being exposed. They're being tainted. So the purity that God is talking about that sees God is that you are willing to live a life that if Holy Spirit says that grieves him, will you stop watching that? Will you give that up? Does that make sense? Are you guys understanding what Jesus was talking about? Pure in spirit. It wasn't just talking about, oh God, I won't do this. I won't do that. I won't do this. Okay, you won't do this. I won't do this. But you, you are still engaging or even keeping company with things that would what? Taint you. Yeah. Pure in spirit. So I don't keep companies. I don't keep company with that. I'm not going to watch that. If Holy Spirit says, you need to stop hanging around them. Okay, I'm going I'm to cut that. Because why? And here's the other thing too. I'm careful where you go. Here's the thing. If you love your child, it's a good example. You are careful where they're being, you're careful what they're being exposed to. Even when it comes to being educated. Do you get what I'm saying? Because they'll be indoctrinated the wrong way. And so truth People's truth sometimes is tainted or it has mixture. So when they administer truth to you, it's what? It's got something nasty attached to it. It's not pure. You get what I'm saying? You read me. So with your child, you would be careful where that child is being fed, where they're being taught. And you would be a good parent to engage, to be mindful of the curriculum being taught. Does that make sense? Yeah. Why? Because you are a parent that has hands on. You're training this child in a way they should go. And when they're old, it what? It won't depart from them. Yeah. So you're responsible for what's going in them. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's how God is with you. And that's how God gives us the responsibility through the Holy Spirit for us to be responsible enough to say, okay, my papa is tugging on my heart through the Holy Spirit. Uh-uh. And then sometimes what we do is we run that red light when we shouldn't. We keep running that red light and we shouldn't. Don't you understand that there is uh, shearing? Watching certain things on TV, uh, it shears our, it's, it sears our uh, uh, conscience. doesn't make you pure. So, so a child that grew up in, uh, in Beirut where there was a whole bunch of war and they seen war all the time, all the time, to see somebody drop dead or be shot in public, wouldn't, it wouldn't bother them. They'd be like, oh, that's just for everyday life. That's not the way things should be. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So the blessed are the pure in heart. The pure in heart is not just your intentions, but just the way, a way of life. Those are the ones that get to see God. But it's nothing of our own strength because we can't do it. We need the Holy Spirit. We need God's ability to help us. That's why we have grace. Grace is there to help you say no and help you through the leading of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, you know what? You shouldn't be reading that. Or, you know, you know your mom doesn't like you hanging around with that person. Or, or why do you do those things? Why do you do these things? You shouldn't do these things. You know these things are wrong. Blessed are the pure in heart. Does that make sense? Yeah. You guys getting that? Yeah, I hope so. Hope I explained that well. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
I always ask. I always ask, Holy Spirit, give us practical ways. And he always does. He never fails. So when you so now you understand that you are a son. You are seated in heavenly places and you understand the process to get into heaven. But you also understand the lifestyle you should live. You should be like a child that when Jesus was speaking, if anybody offend any of my little ones, a lot of us thinking of our children. He wasn't just talking about little kids. He was talking about you because mm-hmm. you are little ones to your mom and your dad. Don't matter how old you get. You're always going to be there. What little ones? Yeah, yeah you're always going to be. Mama's going to call you. Be, you can be 50 years old. She can be 90 and she'd be like, that's my baby. You'd be like, mama, I'm grown. Mm-hmm. Well, she's older than you and you heard, that's her baby. That's how she's going to see it. That's how God sees you. Mm-hmm. You are his little one. So he's saying, anybody mislead my little ones. Yeah. That's why the Bible says, preacher, don't, don't rush to be a, a teacher or a pastor. Why? Mm-hmm. They have a stricter judgment. Right. Because why? If you mislead people and people follow that, you will give an account for that. Yes, you will give an account for that. And it's not to be afraid because you don't be in fear of, you be in faith in. Mm-hmm. Faith that God can give me the wisdom to yeah. rightly divide the word of truth to be able to explain properly. You don't ever move in fear of. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Love you guys. You guys, you guys okay? Yes, this is good. I love, I love the word of God. It's so good. And I love sharing it because as I'm sharing, I'm, I'm being taught. I'm like, oh, this is yeah. good too. I'm like, pat yourself on the back. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Right, 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 right. It's so good. So our next thought we're looking at. So now that we understand that we were meant to ascend. Yes, you are meant to ascend. You are meant to ascend into the heavenlies. But you are not meant to ascend from earth. You are already seated in heavenly places, but you are ascending higher. There there are heavens in the heavens. There's so much in that realm that we have yet to discover. And so when you think of ascending, you think of, oh man, then I'm, I'm, I'm ascending. The Lord asked me this one time. He said, son, what is it to pray from your heavenly place in heaven, your heavenly space in heaven? I was like, oh wow, that's a good question. Because I know, I understand what it is to pray from here. When you look in the Old Testament and you look the way they prayed, they prayed from earth to heaven. Mm-hmm. Even you look at the Psalms, the way David would approach. Mm-hmm. There were certain times David would say things. You're like, OK, David, like you, you got the program. But then other times, a lot of them prayed. Mm-hmm. Hear me, Lord. Hear my cry, oh, Lord. Hear my cry. Mm-hmm. We as believers should not be saying it. Mm-hmm. Now you ask why. Why? Because you got the Holy Spirit. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would come upon certain ones to do a certain thing. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. And his job, one of the many jobs is to lead you, guide you in all truth and show you things to come. Communicate what's on the Father's side. He is there to comfort you. He is there to talk to you. He is there to direct you. He's He's there to do multiple things. So your, you sh- your cry should not be, hear my cry, oh Lord. And then another reason why it should not be like that is that you are seated in heavenly places. So if you're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and the Bible says Jesus is sit- seated next to where? The Father mm-hmm. on the right hand. Right. So if he's seated in the right hand, then you guys are in the same breathing space as who? 
Yes. Are you getting what I'm saying? If I'm saying good, say fine. Right. Yes. Think about that. We are all in the same room. Right? And if we are all in the same room, I can see you, you can see me, I can hear you. All I got, I can hear you. You can hear me. Wouldn't it be crazy if I said, Jacob, can you hear me? And you're looking at me like, dude, why are you yelling at me? I'm sitting in the same room. I'm sitting across from you. That's what it is to be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are there with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, with the, in the Son. So how does, how does he need to hear your cry? He can hear you. You're, he, he's in you in him. Jesus, hear me. And he's like, when is that kid going to get it? I heard you. Matter of fact, he heard you before you even said it. And then if we're going to pray, if I'm one with somebody, then what? I know them. When you get married or when you got a best friend that you hang around, you learn their character, you learn their ways, right? So you know what they would approve of and what they wouldn't approve of. Am I correct? In a relationship? Yes. Okay. If that be true, then the scripture says in the Bible that if that is the will of God, you have that petition, right? It says if you pray anything that is the will of God, God will do it. Mm -hmm. Well, how do I know this is the will of God? Be in fellowship with him. Right. I'm already in him. Yeah. Now, it isn't enough for me to be in Christ to know the will of God. I need to fellowship with him. I need to talk with him. I need to fellowship with him because I can hang out with you. I can sit and hang out with Eileen. I'm sitting here hanging out with Eileen. We're sitting out hanging out, but I never say nothing to her. And then her friends say, why is that guy always hanging out with you? And he never says anything. Mm. And she's like, no, no, that's just the way he is. <laughs> but I'll never learn anything about her. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know anything about me. course in Jesus terms Jesus way he does know about us but he wants to engage us he I love that I love that about the Lord he will he will come where we are to engage us it's never oh I know everything he just comes and engages us he hears our heart and then what he gives us a solution he lets us see something we didn't see I love that I love that and it's and I never feel like oh man I feel so dumb he never makes you feel that way you feel empowered. You feel, first of all, you feel heard because most people want to be heard. Yeah. You want to be heard. You want to, you want to be heard. He makes you feel heard. You makes you feel what you have to say is valid and important. Yeah. And that's what it is to get your voice back. When you haven't had a voice to say something, you don't feel heard or, or don't feel valid. And Jesus like, he does that. He loves to validate, but then he comes in and there are times I talk too much and he'll tell me, look, boy, be quiet. Cause I'm saying nonsense. <laughs> I've had him do that. Or I'm saying something and it's speaking. It's speaking from the place of unbelief. And he will stop me. Stop it. And I know, okay. And it's not him being me. He's stopping me from what? Stopping me from stopping something from happening because of my what? Unbelief. So he'll tell you, what did he do to Zachariah? After he told him, 
in his old age, he was going to have a kid. Zachariah, who knew better, was before uh, God because he was a priest. And it was commonplace for angels to move, come down and give them a word. He wasn't, he wasn't like Mary. But because of his unbelief, the Lord what? Shut his mouth. Because this thing needed to happen. John needed to be there. Do you get what I'm saying? Are you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. So he closed his mouth for the purpose. He said, when the baby is born, then you will be released to speak and you will say his name is John. So sometimes God will stop you in your tracks to keep you from what? Killing something that needs to live. Sometimes we can kill your dream. You can kill your own dreams with your negative thinking. As a man thinketh, so is he or so he becomes. And if he becomes that, you're going to speak it. Tell me everything, Jesus. And he says, no, not about to hear my chinny chin chin. <laughs> I will not tell you. Uh-uh. You're, I need to help you with your unbelieving. You got some unbelieving we got to help you get through. Because if I told you, this wouldn't happen because of your unbelief. That's why Jesus took the man outside of the city limits. Because the unbelief in that city was stifling. So he took him out so that that man could receive his sight. Unbelief, unbelief allows you to be confused and you cannot see. So when you think about it, when you stay in unbelief, you trust me, you are flying blind and you don't want to be in that space. You will see no miracles. You won't see nothing. The Bible says, let, a, let that man who is unstable in all his ways that wants to stay in doubt. Don't expect anything from God. I didn't write it, Jesus. That's in James chapter one. You can get mad with James. <laughs> Jesus. So we were so we were meant to this is good, man. This is so good. I don't and I, and the way we're looking, I'm not gonna get to all of this here. I'm just gonna I just like, yeah, that's the way I'm looking at this. I'm like, wow. All right, anyway, so we keep going. Um so we, like I said, we are meant to ascend. We are meant to ascend. We're meant to go into those heavenly places. In John 14, it says this: my father has many dwelling places. But let me take you to a scripture here. It goes, go to uh, Psalms 24, 5 and 6. We're going to kind of speed through these a little bit faster. Psalms 24, 5 and 6. Anybody get it? Read it. Psalms 24, 5 and 6. I love this. This is one of my spirits. Technical difficulties. That's why we we gonna have to we gonna have to upgrade and get the uh, get the Bluetooth ones. Yeah, yeah. The Bluetooth ones we won't have that problem. That's what it is with plugins. But I'm grateful. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Come on, come on, come on. We gotta do it. We'll do. What we gotta do. Then we upgrade, and then we amplify. Yes, amplify. That's Cindy's new word for this season amplification. God's going to amplify you. Amen. Not just upgrade, but amplify. Amen. Yeah, that's right. Amplify. You say, what's the difference? Upgrade means to move up. Amplify means to broaden her sphere of influence. 
meaning what she carries. Well, if it's like, if I liken it to having an equalizer and what is the equal or amp, an amp, what does it does? It allows the speaker to play what? Loudly. So it would allow her, the gifts or the, the, the move of the spirit that God has done in her to move loud, to move, to have a bigger, um, to bigger audience, to, to, to move in different places. Uh, it'd be just like the, the equivalent. If the sphere of influence around Cindy was five miles and her God says, I'm going to amplify what you carry. Now it may move up to 15, 20 miles around her, maybe 30 miles around her, you know, and that's, that's, that's North, South, East and West. That's pretty intense. <laughs> so and that, and that's, and that's not just for her. That's for everybody here. We can get that if we press in, because why? The life in Christ in you is a light to men. And the light that is the same light that was in the beginning that created everything is the light that stretches forth from you. It comes in your spirit, into your soul, and out. So when we are good stewards over that, love you. Okay, no worries. Love you. Be safe. Let me know you got home safe. All right. All right. So anybody got Psalms 24, 5, and 6? Did you have it? Okay, go ahead and read it. And yeah, I'm just going to let Josh get. Josh, you're getting all the points. You shall receive blessings from the Lord mm-hmm. and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Mm-hmm. This is Jacob, the generation okay. of Okay, go back to verse 3. 3 or 10. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Okay, stop right there. Now say it again. I want you. It says, who may, it says, who may what? Ascend. Okay. Now, what is it, what is it, what does it mean to ascend? Okay. To go higher. What is it? That's what a plane does. When a plane takes off, it ascends. And also what, when you hear it's our, we're, uh, we're flying at 35,000 feet. We'll get to our place at a certain time and we'll let you know when we're to in our what? Descension. They are descending to land. So the planes ascend to go higher. And so that's what we do. So here it says here, David is saying here, who shall ascend? Who shall ascend where? Heal of the Lord. Heal is where? A high place. Or in another scripture, it says Mount Zion. Mountain. Who shall ascend to a high place? Who shall go high? Not in just thinking, but it was also spirit as well. Because the things of God are spiritual, not earthly. You know that. If we're going to worship, we must worship him in spirit. Add in what? Truth. Flesh and blood will not tell you anything about the kingdom. That's what Jesus told Peter. So when he's talking about ascending, who shall ascend? Then it goes on. What does it say after that? Or who may stand in his holy place. Okay, so not only, so you, look at that. It says you are meant to ascend and what? And stand. You're meant to be in that place. You're meant to be where? In the presence of God. Okay, go ahead. Stop right there. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. So even in the Old Testament, David is getting a revelation of what Matthew 18 is saying, you know, and it goes on and tells you that he must be a person who is not deceitful or doing wrong things. So he's a person that needs to be converted from the bad to a good way, meaning choosing God's way, not his way. Right. So it's the same thing. That's Matthew 18, three. That's uh, in uh, um, there in Psalms 24. In the Psalms there, it's saying the same thing. The pure in heart. Mm-hmm. 
they are allowed to see God. You are going to see God, pure in heart. Mm. All right. Can I tell you, somebody get Genesis 28, 12, and the other person get John chapter 1, verse 51. John chapter 1, verse 51, and Genesis 28, 12. And I want you to read, the person that gets Genesis 28, 12, read that first. John chapter 1, verse 51. Genesis 28, 12. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, mm-hmm. and its top reached to heaven. Mm. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Stop right there. Now, interesting that the angels are ascending and descending, but the letters. The ladder is uh, starts on earth and it's going up into heaven. Think about that. Is he just talking about angels? Because if it was angels, they would be what? Ascending and descending because where do angels live? Angels are in heaven. So they come from there down here and it up. It says you would ascend and then descend. Mm. We were meant to always. Yes. We were meant to always engage the heavenly realms. We lost that when we when uh, Adam sinned. But this is Jacob getting a vision, seeing something that was that's going to be way down the road that Jesus is going to make possible for us as believers to do but he was getting access to it he was saying look Jacob this is look and so when you see that you're like whoa was he just talking about angels I believe and I believe there are angels here on earth that are signed and they go up but he was talking about angels us because angels are what sent ones the Bible even describes in, in Revelations chapter and the Revelations when it, uh, Revelation, the book of Revelation was doing this talking about the churches. It says to the angel of the church, right. Do you know the pastor of a church is considered an angel of the church? He's considered a sent one. So when the uh, when he when John is writing, he's writing to the angel of the church, to the person over that church. Which is human. Are you guys good? Yeah. Okay. You good, Cindy? Taking it all in. Uh huh. See, I know you are. You're like Mary, pondered in your heart. Uh, (laughs) Now, somebody got John chapter one, verse fifty-one. Yeah. Yeah. John, Saint. I got it. Okay, go ahead. Read it. And he said to him, "Most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see." Heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Wow. Now look at that. Now, you don't see a ladder there, but you see, he says, you see, you'll see the heavens open. He's speaking to Nathaniel. He's speaking to Nathaniel. And he says, you'll see the heavens open and you'll see the angels ascending and descending over who? 
the Son of Man. Did he say the Son of Man? Mm -hmm. Son of Man. Angels ascending and descending. <coughs> Which later on, after Jesus did what he did for us, we are able to ascend. We are seated in heavenly places. No one in the Old Testament, they were not seated in heavenly places. So we get to be seated in heavenly places, but to be seated there, now we are ascending. We can ascend. How can we ascend? Where are we going? John 14 says this. John 14, 2 says this. In my father's house, there are many what? Man. Dwelling places. Mansions, dwelling places. What are these dwelling places? These are different places in heaven for us to ascend to, to access. The prophets of old through the spirit of God accessed, went into heaven. They were able to engage heavenly realms, the spirit realm. And we see when you read some of the things that they were able to engage or they were invited to, we should be doing that on a larger scale. Right? Yeah. Because they had the spirit of God come upon them. We got, we got the one who is heaven, the one who is eternal in us. And when they waited on the day of Pentecost, they were waiting for it to be endued with power. We have this duplicity, this duality, like Elisha. Elisha did double than Elisha did. So we don't have it just in us, we have it on us. That's when people come by, they look at you and be like, ooh, I know you're a believer. Or, the, or people that are demonically influenced, they get all weird. Because why? They not only feel what's in you, but they feel it on you. Did you guys see the, uh, oh, nope, shut up. I will change. Thank <laughs> Sandy, you need to start watching them, because all oh, they. Oh my goodness, because they give the, they give this great example. They give this great example. Oh, and I want to say it, just this tidbit. But if I, well, this guy who was demon possessed, anybody who that had been around Jesus, he could smell them. He could smell them being converted. Like he could smell. He would say. Oh, you, oh, you, you smell like him. You smell clean. He didn't like the smell. But the guy who had bad intentions, he could smell. You're one of those bad ones. You got bad intentions. Like they knew. And I was like, oh, isn't that funny? They can smell the aroma of God on you. They can smell it. They can smell. They know. And it was bugging him. So when you, because you're the enemy knows. So you going in, going in some place you shouldn't be, and you're over there trying to hang out, trying to be cool, and you are saved. Trust me, they know their own. Mm -hmm. They look at you like that dude ain't one of us. Right. Yeah, what are you doing here? Yeah. You're messing up things. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, you you stink to us mm -hmm. because they don't like the fragrance of God. Right. And actually, the fragrance of God does not smell. It is it smells good. If you've ever smelt the fragrance of God, it is, it is, it is something to smell, especially it, it smells there. I've, I've smelt it in times where there, it was a feminine flowery fragrance and there was no one around. I was the first time I, I had an encounter with that. I was in a men's conference and I, we were in a forum in Inglewood and I'm, we're seated, we're seated in like the nosebleed section. Ain't nobody there but men. No, everybody know what men. And as this man, this uh, preacher was preaching, he was preaching, and all of a sudden I was just sitting there, and all of a sudden, and I was I wasn't really walking on God, but I just this breeze went by, and I was like, 
man, that smells like a woman. Like it smelled flowery, like, but it smelled beautiful. I was like, <laughs> and I'm looking around like, well, where'd that come from? And nobody was sitting next to me. I was kind of sitting a few bleachers up. I'm sitting by myself. No one's sitting next to me. And I could smell it. I was like, where, where is that coming from? Like, where is that blowing from? That was the first time I got a, the, a fragrance. And I believe that was an angel. You know, just blowing by, carrying the fragrance of the Lord. Because this man here was preaching the word of God. He was really, and that was a really good message too. Really great message he preached. And so we are meant to ascend. So we're meant to, so we're meant to go in these dwelling places. Even in Psalms, even David talks about dwelling places. He talks about in Psalms 84, one, you want to get that real quick? Mm -hmm. And we're almost getting ready to wrap this up. I'm just trying to move quickly, a little bit quicker, a little bit quicker. Now. It's okay. 84, one, chapter 84, verse one. What does it say? Mm. Yes. How love this is David, the one after God's own heart, the worshiper that's like the Old Testament worshiper who is New Testament with a New Testament feel. He said, How lovely are your dwelling places? He is not speaking about anything on earth. He is speaking spirit. Because David was a worshiper who engaged in the spirit. That's why God loved him. His tenderness towards the Lord, yes. So he's talking about dwelling places. And that's not the only, the only scripture he talks about that. But there are dwelling places in the heavenly realms that the prophets of old have access. Even the apostles have access. Even in church history, we can access those because it's in Christ Jesus. It's in the Father. And we have what? And that when, when I was, we were here praying, I don't know if you were here yet, Sam. I think you were here already. We are praying and I heard we have access. We have access. We have access. We have access into those realms. We have access into the heavenlies. We have access. Why? Because we are seated in Christ Jesus and he has access. Therefore, everything he has, we have. Everything he is, we are. Scripture says. So we have access. So what does that say? Go explore. Go engage. Don't, don't stay earthbound. Give you a good example. We're going to move right now. We're moving into the last part. This last part here says engaging the heavenly realms. How are we engaging the heavenly realms? We are engaging the heavenly realms. When we look, what does it mean to engage the heavenly realms? Engage the heavenly realms means to, to, um, to move in the heavenly realms. It means that God can drop down and show you a vision or take you into the heavenly places and show you things that are happening in this realm, in the natural, but from the spiritual perspective, he can show you what spirit is coming in and the, and the, and the enemy and the person, the human person they're using. He could show you these two are fighting over here. He can show you the strategy of the enemy in the spirit realm so that you know how to what pray. So that you know how to engage. So you know how to do. You can cancel things in the spirit if you're in that realm. Yeah. But we got to learn how. We, we, it's not enough to know all the things that I showed you tonight. And it's just giving you just a bare boop, 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 boop to get you, to get your, uh, to get your, um, what is it? To get your desire wet. To get your tongue wet. To get your desire like saying, man, 
to, to stir your hunger to say, I want to investigate a little bit more. Because when you look at what Isaiah did, Isaiah, the Bible says, in, um, says here, read, get Isaiah chapter 6. Let's read that real quick. Isaiah chapter 6. And Daniel was another one. Daniel was another one. Daniel, when you read the whole book of Daniel, Daniel's book starts with an encounter. <laughs> Matter of fact, Daniel's had multiple encounters. You find him being here on earth, having a job where he has all wisdom. He, he's able to say no things that no one knows and, and save the life of others. But he's also engaging in this realm. He's also knowing the regional spirit that's coming in and the regional and the other regional spirit leaving. He knows what's happening here. He's engaging because we're supposed to know he's engaging in that realm. So I'm encouraging you. You're supposed to. What is a does anybody have Isaiah six, chapter six? Six beginning verse one. Just begin to read. Who has it? Go ahead. You can read it, my friend. In the year that King Uzziah died, mm-hmm. I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, mm-hmm. lifted up. Okay. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Mm. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. Mm-hmm. With with two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And Okay, stop. Go back again. Go back to verse uh, to verse one. In the year mm-hmm. that King Uzziah died, mm-hmm. I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. Mm-hmm. I am lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Okay, stop right there. So here is here is Isaiah having an encounter. He's not here on earth seeing that. Mm-hmm. He's actually engaging the throne of heaven. Because right. mm-hmm. he sees he sees. But what what are what we call seraphim angels? Mm-hmm. And they fly around the throne. Them, them are the ones that they're called the burning ones because they're around the fiery throne of the Lord. So they're the burning ones. Go ahead and keep reading. Mm-hmm. Above it stood seraphim. Mm-hmm. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. Mm-hmm. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. Mm-hmm. And one cried to another saying, and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Mm-hmm. The whole earth is full of his glory. Mm. Go ahead, keep going. And the post of the door was shaken by the voice of him who cried out. Mm-hmm. And the house was filled with smoke. Mm. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone. Mm. Because I am a man of unclean lips, mm-hmm. and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So he's seen. He's he's in. He's he understands. I'm from earth. I'm here. I'm sinful. I'm around sinful people and I'm encountering this this moment. I'm encountering the throne of God and all this stuff that's going on. that's in there. Let me tell you, friends, I was sitting there thinking as you were reading, I was sitting there thinking if people if you are wondering, I don't know if we're supposed to. Yes, you are meant to, because the family on earth was made after the family from heaven. We are the extension. We were meant to engage. We were meant to engage. He would come and engage Adam in the cool of the evening. So he means he would what? Descend, come down and engage. The Bible doesn't say that Adam didn't or not have. Doesn't make that clear. Doesn't make that clear. But I believe we were meant to engage. And if whether it meant engage here or engage there, 
we have access to engage. So we as, as believers today, after the likeness of Jesus, because we are born after them, we are the first fruits that came after him. He had that ability. He was here on earth, but he was constantly engaging his father. That's why he always knew what his father wanted to do in any given situation. He would only do what he saw. He would only know he would do what he was. He would say what he's saying or he would do what he saw because he was here and there. He knew how to do both. And we were going to learn how to do that, too. We're going to learn how to be here on earth. But you'll be able to gauge in the spirit because you have access. You have a spirit in you that wants to tell you what's going on. How do we get that stirred up in prayer? Prayer. Prayer does that. The more you engage as you pray in the spirit, as you pray in the spirit, the Bible says it builds your faith up. You build your most holy faith up when you pray. Prayer is also a way to communicate. So sometimes you will speak in your English to the Lord, <coughs> declaring things or speaking to him like a son would speak to a father. And then sometimes you are praying the mysteries. But what? then God will interpret what those mysteries are as you're praying in the spirit because the spirit knows what you know how to pray for. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's how that is built up. And the more you pray, the more you pray, the more you are more connected. You are more. And you start seeing things, you start things start being revealed to you, things you'll start having visitations, you'll start having um, you'll start having these encounters and experience because you spend time in this realm. So we are meant to in, interact in that realm. It's not enough to know an angel shows up. Who is he? What did he show up here for? So you can engage him because the angels are here to aid what? The heirs of salvation. Who are the heirs of salvation? You and I. They're ministering spirits. The Bible says in Hebrews, what? To aid the heirs of salvation. They're here to aid us, to help us. So if they're here to aid us and help us and they come and we hear church fathers of old having encounters with angels. So it's not enough to say, oh, an angel show up. Well, what is he here for? Who is he? Engage him. And then we ourselves are assigned angels. We're assigned angels to watch over us. The Bible says he gives his angels charge over us to keep us what? In all our ways. The Bible says also that the angels, Psalms 34, that the angels are encamped around about us. So the angels are here with us. Yeah. You guys tracking with me? Yeah. yeah. So we are meant to engage. Most importantly, we're meant to engage the one who saved us. Yeah. And he says, I, there are many things in me. There are many dwelling places in me. Or you can say mansions. You hear people saying, I've been, I went into the treasure room of heaven. I've went into the library of heaven and I read this or I went in here. These are things that are in heaven that are waiting to come down here on earth. How are they going to get here? Yes, through us. And how do we ascend? In prayer. The more you pray, the more you spend time in that realm. There are times I've prayed. Back in the day, I would pray. And I remember me and my spiritual pop, we prayed one time. And I'm going to tell you, hour, two hours seem like 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. You just lost track of time. You got all you members getting down on your knees and open your mouth. And the next thing you know, 
what you thought was 15 minutes or two hours that went by, you sweating, you looking around, you're like, where did I go? Yeah. Dude, <laughs> only the thing, yeah. Because you went into that realm. And in that realm is eternity. There's no time there. So when you come out of that realm back into this realm, this realm has time. That realm doesn't. That's why you need to pray more. Helps you get more revelation. Helps you, keeps you sharp, keeps you connected to the Lord. How else are you going to know the one who loves you if you don't talk to him? Maybe just like married, married to your, your mate and then you don't talk to him. You don't talk to her. You don't talk to him because you don't communicate. You just don't, nothing. No. Uh-uh. Prayer is meant to communicate. Yeah. So we need to pray. Pray. That's where revelation comes from. That's where songs come from. You know, mm. you, get to, you get to pray and worship leader, hear a song and write it in song from heaven. Yeah. Mm. You want to pray. The Bible says he doesn't call his house a house of worship. He doesn't call it a house of preaching. He calls it a house of prayer yeah. for all nations. Yeah. So prayer is something special to God. And I believe it's the heart because how can we know what to say, what to preach, what to teach, what if we are not engaging him? I want to be in the spirit when I minister. I want to be in the spirit when I engage. Why? Because there's something that you need that I can't give you after the flesh. And then I want this flesh to be in check. So that I am moving the spirit because the Bible says them that walk by the spirit, they will feel they will they will they will they will live by the spirit. Spirit is life. But if you walk by the flesh, flesh is death. That's what Romans says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So spirit is life. Flesh is death. Mm-hmm. So when you live by the flesh, you will reap the things of the flesh. But if you live by the spirit, you'll reap the things of the spirit. The more you spend time praying and seeking the Lord and praying, you will reap those things, those spiritual things that you want. Heavenly dreams, heavenly visions, all those encounters. If you spend fleshly, doing fleshly things a lot, it's not to convict you, but it's just to give you a sense. You, you want spiritual things. You, you got to get in that realm. You got to get over there and engage. Yeah. It's not going to just come to you. You got to go and engage because it's there. You have access. Does that make sense? Yeah. You have access. You have access. So you can engage. You can engage. But if you spend time in the fleshly realm, guess what? You're going to reap the things of the flesh. And you'll be always hearing people say, I encountered this or I've had this. And you're like, dang, I want to encounter that. When am I going to encounter that? And the Lord's like, dude, I've given you that access, but you spend your time doing other things. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I just want to encourage you with that. Just give you a, a little, little something to, to stir your hearts. We are more than what we have settled for. Yeah. We are more than yeah. what we've been told. And I believe God is allowing us to unlock some things God is allowing to find out who we truly are. And you'll find that the believer, the average believer is very earthbound mm-hmm. and don't know the spiritual, the, the, the heavenly things that God has for the Bible says every spiritual gift in heavenly places is yours. Well, what is that? Well, you need to go find out. You need to engage. Mm-hmm. It's yours. You have access. That's right. And that's, and we have to go after it. We have to pursue it. That's what we do here. We come here and pursue. Mm-hmm. We come here and pursue. You can stop it if you want to. Okay. Yeah, we come here and pursue. And um, 